0: Welcome, you're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank.
1: We are in a series titled Authentic Faith, and it's been a wonderful time. I, I know I've got a couple more burning in me still on this series. Carl, we were talking last night, Karin said, well, you're probably about done with that. I said, not yet. Because, you know, like I say, I try and be led what I'm supposed to preach on. And uh, then I just ask the Lord and I get I get words from the Lord of what I believe I'm supposed to preach to you. Right. And um, as the pastor of the church, I'm supposed to do that. Amen. Amen. And I'm supposed to find out what I'm supposed to say from him, uh, because uh, this is a body of believers that needs what the Lord wants to say to this body. And in the book of Revelation, of course, Jesus spoke to the churches, right? Church of Smyrna, Church of Laodicea, Church of Philadelphia. He spoke to all the churches, uh, and he told them certain things about their church. Right? It was very specific to them. The church, uh, the, all the churches had different things that uh, the Lord didn't like, or, and things he did like, Right? So every body of believers is different and every body needs a specific word for that body. Amen. And so I to, I, I aim to find that word for this body from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, like I said, I've got a couple more burning in me on this one, this series we've been in. And, uh, you know, it's been, I think it's, I've, I've, I've seen things I've never seen before. And uh, that's the way it should be, amen? amen. And we, we study God's Word, and we see something else, and we're like, wow. Wow, right? Wow. We can say that a lot when we study the Word of God. So, in this series, we're looking at ways to measure in our own lives authentic faith. Do we have authentic faith? And, of course, as I've been saying, we judge ourselves in that. 1 Corinthians 11.31, Paul said, judge yourself, lest you be judged, So we need to judge ourselves, and if we find we are off course, we make the correction. Make the correction, right? Just like a plane, if they're flying in the wrong direction, they need to make the correction or they're not going to be in the right place at the end. So very, very important, we make the correction. And the first week, just a quick, quick review here, we talked about worshiping the real Jesus, we don't want to worship a false Jesus. Boy, that, That's the that, that, if, that's, if that ain't a point, right, that's like the biggest point of this whole series. If we're not worshiping the real Jesus, well, forget it. It's over, right? We're not going to be saved. We are not going to see eternal life. If, our, if all we have is a fluffy, uh, fake Jesus that we serve, we don't really know the true Jesus, it's not authentic. It's not authentic. So we need to make sure we know the real Jesus. The second week, we talked about our words and how... When the spirit of God moves in the inside of us, our words are going to change. Authentic Christianity is going to have a change of words. Amen. I'm trying to go quick. (laughs) Because you know me, I could preach an hour in each point again. (laughs) But I'm trying to go quick. The third week, we talked about the ecclesia. Which is translated, we just read the church in the Bible. We just, in the New Testament, we see church, church, church. Well, that word is ecclesia in the Greek, which simply means the assembly. So the body is supposed to assemble. And a lot of people don't assemble anymore, right? For whatever reason. Whether they're, you know, they're scared of something. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Or uh, they just don't think it's necessary. Come on they just don't think it's necessary. Well, I'll tell you what, for an authentic Christian, the meeting of the body is a heavy thing. It's heavy. And all of these things are heavy and we're we're getting back into that again in Hebrews, but uh, for when I when I like I said, I've said in the message, when I got saved, I ran to the assembly. No one said go to church. I was saved, I knew I was saved, I knew I'd been changed on the inside, I knew I was completely different, I knew I knew it and I said I'm going to church. <laughs> so I ran to church. Why? Because it's important. It should be heavy to the Christian, the real authentic Christian. The fourth week, we looked at the praise gauge. And we can gauge ourselves in authenticity. If we're never praising God, we're never lifting our hands, lifting our voice to the great God we serve, we got a problem. That's a problem. That's a serious problem. Because... Our lives should be full of thanks and praise, as Carnivus was talking about, right? Our lives should be full of praise and thanks to God as Christians, right? As authentic Christians, because we know, like I said at the very beginning, we know where we were headed. So that's another gauge of a authentic faith is our praise gauge. The fifth week, we looked at the importance of giving. I, I've seen it for years. Authentic Christians will support the preaching of the gospel. You just can't help but give. Again, exactly like when I said I went to church when I got saved. When I got saved, I began to give. No one even had to say give. No one said support this work. (laughs) Come on. I started giving to all kinds of ministries because I couldn't but help it. It came out of me. Come on. It came out of me. Authentic Christianity, authentic faith. Oh, I love this ministry. I am going to support this ministry. Come on. And I started sending checks. And I wasn't making a lot of money either. <laughs> but I sent checks. Come on. <laughs> when you when you work at Wendy's <laughs> check over <all> there. <that. laughs> when you work at Wendy's, you don't make a lot of money, right? And especially back then. Woo! I was making, I don't know, probably six bucks an hour or something like that. And and, and you know, I I I didn't care, I was gonna give, right? So at the beginning, I started sending out $10 checks to everybody I, I liked. I'm like, woo, I love this ministry. Ten bucks, woo, send it. Then I increased it as I made more money. Amen. And I increased it and I increased it. And of course, at my church, I was tithing from the very beginning. 10% of my income goes to the work of God. He ought off the top, right? And then when I realized and Paul, as Paul, we just said, Paul, Paul said, as you give, you'll be able to give into every good work because God will bless you and you'll be, give, be able to give into every good work. <laughs> well, if you believe that, amen. If you believe that, you'll start doing it. Amen. amen. And you'll start a given so that you will be able to give into every good work. Oh, that's well, that goes back to what we we're talking about. Rich in good works, willing to give, willing to share. Amen. The sixth week, we looked at hope. That was on Christmas Day. That was so fun to have service on Christmas Day. I think they say it's not going to be, I thought it would be seven years, but they said it was like eight years until the next, I don't know, maybe it was leap year or something like that, I don't know. But anyhow, we had Christmas service on Christmas Day, the 25th on a Sunday. And so the Lord gave me a message called Authentic Hope. Because in Christianity has the only authentic hope that there is. Christ is the only real hope that anybody on this earth has. Without Jesus, we are all lost forever. So we have real, real, no, no fake. We have the real deal in Jesus. Real, authentic hope. Because when we leave this body, and if Jesus tarries his coming, we're all going to leave this body. <laughs> we're going to leave, and we're going to see him. And we're going to be with him forever. That's real hope. That's real hope. Hallelujah. The seventh week, we looked at the importance of burning hot for Jesus. We got to be burning hot. We talked about the foolish virgins that Jesus talked about versus the wise, right? The wise virgins had their oil lamps full. They were ready to see the Lord. They were on fire for the Lord. They were ready to see uh, the uh, the bridegroom and get married to the Lamb of God. And so they, when Jesus appeared, they went, boo, and they were gone. And the foolish ones said, "Uh uh-oh, he's here, I got to get ready. And then it said the door was shut, and they weren't allowed in to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So it's very, very, very important, and authentic Christianity will burn hot for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Last week, we looked at the importance of not continuing in sin. And God told us to present our bodies a living sacrifice to him. So a Christian, the authentic Christian, is not seeking to sin more. (laughs) Nowadays, you got Christians who say, well, it just doesn't matter what I do. I'm saved and that's it. I'm fine. I can do whatever I want to do. Uh, well, we went through many scriptures that say opposite of that. And so we are not supposed to seek to be sinning. Not that we don't mess up as a Christian, but when we do mess up, we repent. repent, which means you turn away from that. Hello? You turn away from the mistake you made, whatever it may be. Right? We talked about white lies. Right? That's, that's, that's a sin. A white lie is a sin. You, God does not lie at all. He's not, the Bible says, I think it's Numbers, uh, Numbers maybe 23, 11, I don't know, look it up. <laughs> I know it's in Numbers. He says, God is not a man that he should lie. Don't you love how it says that? God is not a man that he should lie? Right? Men lie. All men lie. Anybody who says they haven't lied is a liar. <laughs> hey, like that. <laughs> All, anybody who says they haven't lied is a liar. And so therefore, just one lie sends us to hell forever. And because all of sin, we read it every week, all of sin falling short of the glory of God and all deserve hell, all deserve eternal separation from God forever. Whew. But we, we don't, we don't, we don't want to seek to sin more. Authentic Christianity does not seek to sin more. Authentic Christianity does not abuse the grace of God. And say, well, the grace of God covered me, so I, I, therefore I can sin all I want. No, 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 no. The, the real Christians say, I do not want to sin against my father. I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's the Bible, right? That's Psalm, Psalm one, nineteen, eleven. I I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So our aim as an authentic believer should be to never sin. Never sin. That's our aim. Now we know we're going to mess up. We know we're going to say something. We should, you know, words come out of our. We're going to talk about it. Words come out of our mouth and we're like, oh, mm, mm, oops, repent of those. Because Jesus said, by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. So our words are very important. That goes back to our words message. But but we're talking today about something different. But we got to go back to Hebrews 2, 3 again. We shorten this up a little bit here. We were reading more out of Hebrews. But we're we're, Hebrews 2, 3. We're just going to read. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So the, we, we, this is a, such an important point out of this whole series is the word neglect means literally means make light of. So all of these subjects we've already talked about should be heavy. Everything God said should be heavy. It's not to be neglected. It's not to be made light of, right? Many people sit in churches and they don't even believe this is the word of God. I told you last week I saw a statistic that 49% of evangelical Christians actually believe this is the word of God. 49% believe this is the word of God. Well, that tells me a lot of people that sit in churches, mm, come on, are not even saved. And, we've, and that's what, one of the reasons we're talking about authentic faith. No, we, we need to understand this is the word of God and this should be heavy, not light. Well, you know, I know God said that, but you know, eh. No, that's making light of it, right? And we could go, we, 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 that's what we're talking about all these, all these messages. All these things should be heavy to the authentic Christian. Why? Because we care what he says, we care greatly what he says. Not, well, you know, I kinda care what God says, but if you know, it's not that big a deal. You know, in the long, in the big scheme of things, it's just not that big a deal that Jesus said, by your words, you'll be justified and by your words, you'll be condemned. It's just not the, you know, I understand he said it, but you know, I mean, come on, we can't, <laughs> we're not taking that literally, are we pastor? I've had people tell me that. I'm like, yeah, you better take that literally. Well, you know, Jesus wasn't sane. He, you know, he was just kind of telling stories and parables, and he was just kind of doing metaphor and simile stuff. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to take that. You don't have to take that as so a literal pastor. Hmm, that's dangerous ground right there. Woo! Now you better take the words of Jesus very heavy. He, he, remember, Jesus showed us the Father. Jesus showed us the Father. He showed us all his goodness. He showed us all his kindness, but he also showed us the other side of God, the judgment side of God. And those type of things right there, by your words, you'll be justified, by your words, you'll be condemned. That's the judgment side of God, and you better pay attention, right? Because there is a judgment side of God, and this whole series is designed that we don't fall on that side. Amen? Amen? We don't fall on the judgment side. We fall on the reward side. Remember, Jesus said, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me for your good works. That's what Jesus said. You'll be rewarded for your good works. I want to be found on the reward side. (laughs) And Jesus saying, "Woo, you did it and you did it good. Which is well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in the joy of your Lord. That's good, right? I don't want to be on the other side. Hmm. Man, where's, where's all your good works? What were you doing for me on earth? What did you do? Uh, I sat on the couch and ate Cheetos. <laughs> if you don't know, that's a joke around here. <laughs> I say, we can't just sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. We've got to be busy for the Lord. So today we're looking at love. You want to look at some love I title well, I've changed the title several times. I'm not sure what my final title is yet, but (laughs) I think it's abound in love, abound in love. I think that's what I put out on Facebook this morning, abound in love. Love is the foundation of Christianity. And without love, we have nothing, right? That's what Paul said in, uh, uh, I don't think we're reading that verse specifically, but he was talking about spiritual gifts and he said, spiritual gifts are great, but if you don't have love, you got nothing. You can have all the spiritual gifts in the whole entire book. You can be full of spiritual gifts. But if you don't have love, it's nothing. So love is the foundation. So authentic Christianity must be filled with love. But the big problem I've found over the years is most people don't know what love is. (laughs) Feelings are not love. Feelings, nothing more than feelings, trying to forget my feelings of love. Teardrops rolling down my face. (laughs) Feelings are not love. Lust is not love, right? A lot of people get married based on feelings and lust. Well, love cannot be self-defined as we want it to be. Well, this is what I call love. No, you got to call love what God called love. Amen. We can't say this is what I think love is. right? We can't make up our own definition of love. And the good news is the Bible defines love. Amen. And we're going to look at that today and probably next week. Because <laughs> there's no way I can cover this in one week. Unless we stay here until 5 o'clock. Which I could do. in the greek if you know greek at all in the biblical greek if you studied it at all in the biblical greek you know uh, there are several words for love Uh, phileo love eros love storge love agape love now i love that that the greek has different words for love and so when you're reading the greek you can actually go oh he's talking about phileo love here that's friend that's friend love Storge love is like a family, family love, right? So we got to, we got to define our love. And when you look at the Bible and you're just reading love in the English, it doesn't mean a lot until we find out what word is actually there. It makes a big difference, right? Make big difference. So what we're talking about today is agape love, which is the God kind of love. It's the highest form of love there is. So we got to know what that is. Amen. And we talked a lot about this at uh, a youth group recently. So if you were here at youth group for love, you're going to get some review today, but you're also gonna get more. <laughs> you're gonna <to> get more. <laughs> you know, we can't talk about love enough, can we? If the foundation of Christianity is love, how can we talk enough about it? And guess what? This is, is gonna be a huge point right here. This, I, I, start, I, start out, I start out with a boom. The more we understand love, the more we can walk in faith. And you want a scripture for that, don't you? Galatians 5, 6. You're going to love this. Galatians 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. Of course, talking about the flesh, right? Jews had to be circumcised. It could be in the Old Covenant. That was part of their covenant they made with God. But faith working through love, that's what matters. Hello? He's, he talks about the flesh thing that mattered in the Old Covenant. But what's, what matters in the New Covenant? Faith working through love. Our faith works through love, which means we got to walk in love to walk in faith. Ooh, that's a big, huge point. Huge point. One of my mentors in the faith, he talked about the love walk all the time. And he he said, if there's one thing you got to do is walk in love toward all men. Come on. You don't have to like their sin. You don't have to like the evil they're doing, but you walk in love toward them and you forgive them and you walk in love. Come on. He said that kept him, kept him out of a lot of trouble. Come on. God expects the Christian to walk in love. And, and when we walk in love, we can walk in faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whew, that's huge. That's huge. Right. How many people have believed God for something, whatever it is, right? A, a, a financial need a, a, a need, a supply they needed in their life, a health, something that they ask God for, and they're like, God, I, I, I'm asking you for this. I need this bad in my life, and I know you're a good God, and they could even pray a great prayer, right? A great prayer. They could pray a great prayer, and you hear their prayer, and you're like, man, that was a good prayer. And that person must be a person of faith because that was a good prayer. I don't think I've ever heard a prayer that good in my life. And God is looking down from heaven saying, well, sure wish you'd forgive that person that you still hate. Sure, that'd be great. You know, you should forgive that person. hmm Father, I need this in my life. Why don't you forgive that person that you hate? Why did Jesus say that in Mark eleven twenty four? 24? Right after he said, right after he said, oh, right after, I mean, he said, you pray, believe you receive, when you pray and you shall have, you shall have it. And then he says, and forgive. Right after And forgive. Because the faith doesn't work without the love. The faith doesn't work without the love. It doesn't work. And so, so many people think, why isn't my faith working I thought I was in faith. I've heard so many people, I thought I was in faith. I've heard people tell stories about people who died, and they said, I thought they were in faith. I know they were in faith. But the problem is you don't know a lot of things. God does. And, and, and so many times we wanna, we wanna, we wanna uh, uh, speculate what happened, but we will not know. Because we don't know hearts. Right? I don't I don't know your hearts. God knows your hearts. Right? I don't know your heart. I can see your actions. I can, I can hear your words. But God knows your heart, right? God knows what's on the inside of each one of us. He knows. <laughs> no one else does, but he knows. And so he knows if, if I have hatred towards someone. And so my faith gets stopped. My faith starts up to heaven, right? With my prayers going up. And then the hatred toward that person, boop. <laughs> and God's saying, forgive him. Mm, forgive him. Mm, forgive him. Okay. I forgive him. Father, I forgive him for all that wrong. He, I, I forgive him. I forgive him completely. I hold no grudge. I hold no offense against him at all. Did you hear it? Did you see it? Did you get it? That was worth coming today, right there. Yes. That was worth combing your hair and getting here. <laughs> and getting dressed. You're all dressed, right? Oh, man. I sure hope so. Come on. We better know what love is, shouldn't we? Because we got to walk in love to walk in faith. We better know what it is. Whew. Now, we're, we're just warming up, so. Romans 5.5. 5. This is another huge point. I, I'm giving you a couple points then we're going to jump into 1 Corinthians 13. You know, love, like I said, you could talk about love forever. But I'm giving you a few points then we're going to go on to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Romans 5.5, 5, now hope does not disappoint. Ooh, hope doesn't disappoint, does it? Not for the authentic Christian, right? Who? because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, This tells us God's love is in us. He poured out his love in us. God's love is in us when we were born again. So we can't say, I can't walk in love. We can't say it. Well, we could say it, we're liars. (laughs) Because we can, we can walk in love. God poured out his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So God supplies us with everything we need to serve him. You can't say, I can't do it. No, you can't say that about anything in in God. You can't say, I can't do it. Because God said, well, I gave you the supply. You can do it. If we say, I can't do it, we're a liar. No, we can do it. And we can love, right? (laughs) Because God gave us love. He didn't say, I sure hope, I sure hope you make it through. Uh, Somehow you make it through down there. No, he gave us everything we need. To accomplish his will. His will. Amen. Not our will, his will. So we have the choice to operate in love. We got to choose to walk in the love of God. Come on, we got to choose it. Every day we got to choose it. Amen. Amen. We can't say, I can't love them. Yes, you can love them. You can, you can. What did Jesus say? Pray for your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Come on, that's loving them right there. Amen? Amen. Pray for them. Ooh, you want to you wanna, you wanna forgive someone? You got some hatred towards someone? You got some offense towards someone? And, and, and you really want to forgive them? Ooh, pray for them. Ooh, wow, that'll clear it up real fast, won't it? <laughs> I mean, genuine prayer for them. Whatever that person has done to you, lift up real, genuine prayer to God for them. Ooh, that'll clear up that offense real fast. You you can't you can't genuinely 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 pray for someone that, that genuine right genuine prayer for someone you hate. I mean, you you lift that hatred right off as you pray for them. It'll come right off of you, right? Oh, Father, I'm praying for so-and-so right now. And, Father, I'm I, 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 oh, man, I want him blessed. I want him blessed. Father, bless him tremendously. I pray you bless him in every way. I pray you reveal yourself to him. I pray, Father, he is blessed in his soul, in his mind, in his body, in the physical realm. He's blessed, 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 blessed. Father, bless him. And may he know Jesus as his Savior. May you reveal yourself to him. May you reveal Jesus to him. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Genuine prayer. If you're praying that for someone you had offense or hatred toward, woo, it's going to be gone real fast. Because <laughs> you're really truly lifting that person up to God in prayer. Woo! So we can love, amen? We can truly walk in love toward all mankind. Don't tell me you can't. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So, oh, I got another one before we get in first, I didn't know I had another one. Before 1st Corinthians 13, 1st Thessalonians three twelve. this is really good too. Like I said, we talk about this forever. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. So notice we can increase in love. That's some good news, right? You know, we talk about growing in faith a lot around here. You can grow in faith. You can also grow in love. That's pretty good. <laughs> there's, a, there's several scriptures about growing in love, about praying. Oh, I think I have it right here, don't I? Come on. You can get this at the Info Center. Pray this for yourself, pray this for others. I'm trying to find the one I was looking for. Oh, yeah. Philippians 1 9. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, right? Your lo- He's praying for the Philippian church that your love may abound. He's praying for them. Amen. That their love may abound still more and more. That means grow in love. And he prays it right here too. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. So we can increase in love. We can grow in love. We should pray to increase in love. Amen? Amen. Let's pray that right now. Let's pray it. Let's see. Say this. Heavenly Father, make me increase and abound in love to my brothers and sisters and to all. In Jesus' name. Amen. See, you just prayed a prayer to increase in love. Just as Paul prayed for the church. We need to increase. Amen? Amen. I found throughout my Christian life, you know, if you stay in the word, you stay in prayer, you stay close to God, you are going to be increasing in love. You're also going to be increasing in faith. And you'll be growing up, which we all should do, right? We should grow up into the fullness of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're called all to grow up. Come on. Now, I was, that was just the intro. 1 <laughs> First, First Corinthians 13. This is the love chapter. If you've never read the love chapter, you have missed out. We should look at the love chapter often. I have one, Mr. Friend, that said, read it every day. Read 1 Corinthians 13 every day. Why? Well, love is the foundation. Amen? Amen? Now, we're going to read right through here, 4 through 8, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? Verse 4, love is patient and kind. Remember, we're defining love right here. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Verse 7, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. That's a a power pack, some power pack verses, right? (laughs) So we'll dive into this a little bit today. But these are the attributes of God because God is love, right? We know God is love from 1 John. Uh, it says God is love. And notice, these are not feelings, right? We talked about feelings. These are not feelings. These are actions. God, God, God is about action. God is about action. God's love is not about a feeling, right? I feel, feel, feel. I feel, I feel it, I feel it. I feel it, I feel it. Ugh. I feel like I'm in love. Ugh. What happens when the feeling's gone? Huh? What happens when the feeling's gone? Why is divorce rampant? Uh, the feeling left me. I just, I just don't feel it anymore. Well, that's not love. God loves us when he doesn't feel like it. Aren't you glad? <laughs> and this is a list of love definitions, right? This defines love for us, which if you look at this and we're gonna look at it in detail, but this shows us how good our God is. Amen. God is good all the time. We say it all the time. This shows us how, God, how good God is right there. Woo, he's full of all that right there. That's some good stuff. So we're gonna look at that and, and we're gonna gauge our love walk, amen? amen. Judge ourselves. We're gonna see if we're authentic. Amen. And first we gotta notice that love is patient. Patience defined as being long-tempered or to bear long with. (laughs) Whoo, that can be difficult. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It can be difficult to be patient, bear long, long. (laughs) How long I got to bear God? Long. <laughs> I just thought of this, but I felt I was called into full-time ministry at the age of 19. And I went into full-time ministry at 22, 22 years later. And I was patient. I was patient. We'll, we'll get more into that. <laughs> but I thought of a couple things, you know, Patience, we, we, we had the internet, anybody have the internet go down the other day? Because uh, of the power, the wind, right? The wind storm, we had the internet go down. And guess what else went down? The power went down and guess what else went down? Our data was gone too, on our phones. So we had no data, no internet, no power. I said, kids, we are back in the 1800s. <laughs> and in fact, it's worse than that. We don't have a fireplace. Thank God we live at the beach where cold is like 40. <laughs> you can put on some coats and make it through. You, you down in, we've been in Iowa. We lived in Iowa. You don't make it through down there. I mean, I guess if you're in the house and the power goes out and it's maybe it's out for a couple days, you know, you wrap up real good. But if it's minus 20 outside, I don't know. I don't know what happens. How cold does it get inside? Whoo! That's cool. Come on. But the, we were back in the 1800s in a matter of minutes. I was going to call Jim, see what to do. Because <laughs> he, he's ready for that, right? He's ready. He knows what to do in the 1800s. He's got a good wood, wood stove going all the time. I don't got no stove. My, my house was built in 1939. It had a stove. But when we moved in, it didn't have the stove anymore. They had taken it out. They still had the chimney there. We had to take the chimney out. Should have put the fireplace back in, I guess. <laughs> Maybe we're going to have to invest in a wood stove. <laughs> but, or a generator, right? But then you run out of gas. Because you know, we, we do have a generator, but how much gas are you going to store to run it? You know. But yeah, was, those are fun little thoughts, aren't they? But you got to be patient through that, right? We had to be patient. We're like, no power, no internet, no nothing. Just sit here, and Car and I think of me. They say, well, who wants to play a game? And we, I don't know, did we play a game that day or not? I can't remember. We play a lot of games, so I don't remember. My kids like to play, Uh, uh page is the sequence. You ever, anybody play sequence? It's a fun little, you put chips, and you get five in a row, and you win. It's a fun little one. I, I, I've won a couple times now. She's saying Monopoly, that's that that could keep you busy a long time, right? Long time. We played four or five hour games of Monopoly. That's easy. That's nothing. That's that's basic monopoly. If you go six, seven hours, now you're in the now you're in the champ. Now you're in the champ mode right there. And those are the people who I last, come on, I last through. Even when I'm losing, I'm crying, they're taking all my money, I'm almost out of property, I'm crying, and they don't care, they just keep taking my money. They're like, Dad, we're taking you out. You're going bankrupt. <laughs> I got two dollars left. Here, I can't pay a fifteen hundred for boardwalk, but here, two bucks will that do? <laughs> Come on now, patience. We had to have some patience to get through there, right? You're at the you're at the store, and 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 and, and there's ten people in line down at Sid's. You seen that? Ooh, you're like, could we get another clerk up here? You got to have some patience, right? You're like, doo-doo, 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 doo-doo. you better have some long barrens going on, right? There's so many things in, in our life that we need patience for, right? Yes. Patience. We need patience with our family. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to give an amen on that. We, I knew that was coming. I didn't even need my button. Amen. Are we patient with our family, with our coworkers? Are we patient with our God? Come on. I'll tell you what, we won't go far in life without patience. No, 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 no. We won't receive much from God. If we aren't patient, we're going to have to wait on God. Right? We don't want to get out in front of God. No, no, you don't want to get out in front. You know, and that, that goes into in my thought, what I was just talking about. We, we went to Iowa for ministry and, and that was my first full-time minister position. After feeling called to ministry at 19 years old. And that was, uh, well, I was, we're, we were patient and I actually believe, I actually believe that we, we did it at the exact right moment in time. Amen. There are exact moments in time we're supposed to do something. And if we're not patient, what happens? We jump out ahead of God. Yep. That could go into anything. That could go into our job situation. That could go into buying a car. That could, I mean, I gotta have the car. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I am going in debt for that car right now. Here I go, boom. And God said, well, I had a car on the way for you. I had someone that was going to give you a car, but now you're in debt for $40,000. Have fun. Have fun with that. Come on now. If we were patient, we would have got the car at the right time. Amen." Amen. We're going to have to have patience to get into God's perfect will. That's why the only reason I believe I'm here today. We had patience to wait on God. So so we got to be able to bear long, right? Don't be quitters and give up. Ooh, No, many people quit on God. That's why God always has a help wanted sign up. (laughs) Remember, Jesus said the laborers, uh, uh, the, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The harvest is there. But there's not many people who want to work in the harvest fields, right? Well, because people quit on God all the time, all the time. And he loses employees all the time. You know, at 7-Eleven, when I managed there for years, I had to fire a lot of employees, of course, (laughs) of course. (laughs) But I also, we also lost a lot of employees just because they quit, right? It was was part of the life of 7-Eleven to get the call. Right when they're supposed to be on shift. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I quit. Now? Do you know what time it is? It's time to go on shift. Yeah, I quit. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hello? We don't want to be quitters, do we? No, we want to be the ones who never quit. We go all the way. That's patience, right? You go all the way. No matter what, you go all the way. We bear long. God bears long with us, doesn't he? Woo, yes. yes, he does. <laughs> he has bared long with all of us. Even through all of our mess ups, he's had patience. He's had patience. He's had more patience. <laughs> he's had some more patience. He's had some more patience, right? That's why I'm so glad none of us are God. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we'd get tired of it. We'd be like, you know, you messed up 20 times. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Come on now. Good thing he's the judge, amen? amen. Ooh, good thing he's the judge because he's always good. And he always makes the right judgment every time. Amen. So we got to bear long. We bear long with people. We bear long with God, we bear long all the way to the end. So as we use patience, we're expressing the love of God. That's, that's the love of God in action, right? Patience. And, and the world needs to see some patient Christians, amen? The world needs to see some patient Christians. The world does not need to see the impatient Christian. <laughs> the world needs to see some patient Christians who are long in forbearing. Amen. So authentic love, we're talking about authentic love today. Come on. Abounding in love. What will love really produce? Love will produce patience. That's a definition of love that most people don't understand at all, but it's right there. Love is patient. Second, notice love is kind. Are we kind? (laughs) How do we treat the waitress? At the restaurant. Right? I, I was out with a minister several years ago and uh, I, it was just like rude to the waitress and I'm like oh what a bad witness what a bad witness we're being right here not me I was kind but I was like what in the world that's a bad witness we don't want to be a bad witness right That's ugly. No, be kind. Be kind. So the waitress didn't get your food out there in time. You know, the waitress didn't get your coffee filled up quick enough for you. Be kind. Understand what's going on there, right? A lot of people don't understand what's going on in restaurants. They just want what they want. They serve me, serve me, serve me. No. You don't understand what's happening. There's a lot happening. Uh, You don't know what just went on in the back room. You don't know what thing just got burnt they had to throw it in the garbage can. You don't know what glass just broke. You don't know what plate just broke. You don't know what dishwasher just broke. On and on. You don't know what eggs they just ran out of. I mean, on and on and on. You don't know what employee didn't show up that day. And she's covering everything. Maybe she's doing everything. Maybe she's even cooking the food. (laughs) Serve me. Hurry up. Bleh. Come on. How do we treat the clerk at the store? Are we kind to the clerk? How do we talk to people? Are, what do, do people consider us kind, right? Very important, isn't it? Yeah. Are our words kind, right? Our words, we, we've talked about our words a lot, but our words, right? What, what do we do with our words? Gossiping? Rumors? Causing division? Hello? We better be careful with our mouth, right? Our mouth can hurt people bad. And I talk about it all the time around here, but it it never hurts to say it again. (laughs) When we speak words out of our mouth, we, we can shoot bullets right into people. And we can literally, literally kill them with our words. Well, kindness doesn't do that. Come on. Kindness will try and lift the person up. As Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery, even, I'm not condemning you, go and sin no more. Well, that was kind. He told her her what to do. He told her he wasn't approving of the sin, but he was still kind about it. He didn't say, you evil woman, caught in adultery, what is wrong with you? (laughs) That's not very kind, right? I, I, I'm not condemning you. No one's condemning you. They all left. They all dropped their stones. No one's condemning you. Go and sin no more. That's kind. Come on. Even, even in that setting, that was kind, right? We can be kind in all kinds of settings. Not that we don't tell the truth. Amen. A lot of people say, well, you're just not very kind. I say, well, I'm telling you the truth. You want to know the truth? Do you want to live eternal life? Do you want what God has for you? I'm telling you the truth. This is love coming out of me right now. I've told told people about Jesus that said, don't, I don't want to hear it. But you don't understand, I'm showing you the love of God right now. I'm telling you about Jesus. And without him, you're lost forever, and you will be in hell soon. So I'm actually showing you the love of God right now. No, you're mean. (laughs) You're ugly tell me stuff. I don't want to hear like, I don't want to hear about Jesus. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. No. So you can see how kind words can be misconstrued as not kind. But when you're telling the truth, you you do it in a nice manner. Amen. You can tell them kindly what the answer is. And the answer is him. And if you reject him, I got some bad news. (laughs) We got good news and bad news. First we tell them the good news. I got some good news for you. you. Want to hear it? Yeah, let me hear the good news. He's told by Jesus. Now, if you reject that, I got bad news. Do you reject it? Yeah, I reject it. Now I got the bad news. <laughs> if you reject him, um, the lake of fire is awaiting you because you have no forgiveness of sin. And God will not dwell in the presence of sin. So if you reject Jesus, hell will be your place forever and ever and ever. That's the bad news, right? But even though you're telling them that, that's still kind. Because it's the truth. Amen. I'm just preaching. <laughs> you know me. A lot of this is not in my notes, but I'm preaching. So kindness is to spring out of us. Because the love of God is in us, right? We just read it, Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God is in us, right? So love can come out of us, but we got to allow it to come out of us. The kindness has to come out of us. All these things have to come out of us as the love is in us, right? As a born again, new creation in Christ. God was kind to us. Aren't you glad? He's very kind, very kind to us. Very, very, very kind, right? We deserved hell, death. We deserve nothing, nothing at all. Nothing, right? People think, well, I deserve it. I deserve it. No, you don't deserve anything. Well, I worked hard on my life. I des- you don't deserve anything. Get that thought out of your head. Every Christian, every, every, every worldly person should know it, but every Christian should also know it. You don't deserve anything. And now we've got this culture that you deserve a trophy for doing nothing. You played the game, we we'll give you a trophy. No, we don't deserve anything at all. Come on. Everything God does for us is out of his goodness and kindness and mercy and grace. We don't deserve it because we've all sinned against God. As the Bible says, we've all turned our back on him. Everybody has. Everybody. And so we don't deserve anything. God would be completely just. If Jesus had never come for us, right? You gotta, you gotta, because Jesus has been supplied for us. He has come. He has died. He has been resurrected. But if God would have been completely just in the very beginning, right, and any time before Jesus, or any time before He pronounced Jesus was coming, right? Because once He came out a man, He can't lie. So when He said, when He said in Genesis three fifteen, He said, "Someone's coming to crush the head of Satan." that was Jesus. And it was prophesied in Genesis chapter 3. So that was going to happen. But any time before that God could have just said, I'm done with man, goodbye. And he would have been completely just to do it. And send him to hell forever. Hello? Completely just. So, God is kind to us. And that is part of love. Amen? That is part of love. God allows his kindness in this. His kindness is flowing through this earth right now. People say, people blame God for things. People think God's mean. And yet God is so kind and God is so full of love and his kindness is flowing right now throughout this earth. His grace is flowing and anybody can choose to to worship God. Anybody can choose to uh, receive Jesus as Lord and be saved and have eternal life. His kindness is flowing right now. His kindness is all over this earth. It's on every square inch of this earth. His kindness is everywhere. And anybody can receive his kindness at any time. Hallelujah. So God showed us great kindness, even though we deserve nothing at all. And so when we walk in authentic love, we're going to produce kindness. Amen. Third, we're getting there. Notice that love does not envy. Ooh, watch out. (laughs) Come on, love does not envy. It's not jealous, right? We 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 need to recognize envy when it shows up, don't we? We need to recognize it. Mm, How much do you want your neighbor's car, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's money? Jealous, right? Jealous of whatever it is. Your neighbor's spouse. Come on. When we hear of others being blessed, what do we do? What, what, what is our first thought when someone is blessed? Rejoice. rejoice. Amen. Or is it, oh, man, why don't I get that? That's jealous, right? That's envy. And it's easy to be jealous, isn't it? It's easy. When others are blessed, it is easy to be jealous. But the authentic Christian is going to react with some joy, rejoice, Right? God has enough for all of us, doesn't he? He owns it all. He's got it all. We don't actually own anything. It all belongs to him. So there's enough. We don't have to be envious. Amen. Amen. Stay in the blessing line. I like to say, stay in the blessing line, right? When when you're in the blessing line and someone ahead of you gets blessed, (laughs) you know, you're in the line. And they get blessed and like, boy, they got a, they got a, ooh, look at that new car they got. Ooh, that is nice. Uh, do we get jealous or do we rejoice with them? Rejoice. Rejoice. Just rejoice with them, amen. And that'll keep you right in line to get the blessing. <laughs> keep, you you want to complain at that point? You go into the back of the line. God says, nah, not your turn yet. Go to the back of the line you haven't learned to rejoice yet with those who are blessed by me. You haven't learned to rejoice yet. Come on, that's discipline, amen? That's discipline. God needs us to learn something before we go on. Come on, he needs us to learn something, just like in school, right? Now they pass people without doing anything. Well, back in my day, (laughs) you actually had to learn it before going on. And they held people back. And they held them back, and they held them back. And if they weren't gonna do the work, they still held them back. They weren't going on because they were 15 years old. You Know what I'm saying? They weren't going on because they're old enough to go on. No, you you gotta learn something. You haven't learned yet. You haven't learned your geometry yet. So you're not going on until you learn it. But I wanna go on, I wanna get out. Learn it. God says the same to us. I, 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 I want to be at that place. I want to be at, at, at that place. I want to be at that blessing. I want to get that. Learn what you need to learn. You get there. Learn to rejoice instead of being envious. Amen. Learn to forgive instead of being hatred, having offense. We talk about all these things. right? Learn. Learn something. And then you go on. You go on to the next. The blessing comes into your life because you learned Oh my, that'll preach. Because I'm thinking of different people in my life that I'm like, why won't you learn this? Why do you keep rejecting this? Because this is your answer to go on in God, but you won't learn what you need to learn. And so you're flunking. And the worst part is when they're deceived and they think they're not flunking. And they think they got an A in the class. And, and I'm going, no, you actually got an F. Be like a student who didn't go on and he thought he was going on. And they're like, the end of the, the class comes and like, well, you failed. Uh, I failed? How did I fail? <laughs> Let me tell you how you failed. You didn't learn what I taught you to go learn. And you didn't do it. And you didn't learn it. And, and you, you, you failed. How did I feel? That's the age we live in, isn't it? It's like, no, no, you got to learn. Amen. And and envy will sneak up on us. Oh my, oh my, it'll sneak up on us. And and we will not even know why we're down and depressed. and, And all of a sudden, because we saw something that happened and envy entered our hearts. And all of a sudden we're like, why am I so down? Well, we got to be aware. Hello. We got to be aware when something enters uh, like like envy, right? The devil brings it in. The devil comes in sneaky. he doesn't come in all oh, with the red you know, The devil doesn't come in with the red suit and the pitchfork as in the movies, right? No, the devil is sneaky. And often we don't even know he entered. I said often we don't even know he entered the room. We don't even know he's in the room. And, and envy is one of those things that is lurking around people. And the envy is like walking around them and they don't even know it. And then all of a sudden they're, they're, they're caught in the lies of the devil and they become envious of something. And, and they become down and depressed and they're all, oh. And they don't know that the devil just tricked them. And they've been, they've been tricked by jealousy and envy. Come on, all these things go into that category. The devil can sneak in all kinds of ways, and we don't even realize he snuck in. So, of course, that's where we have to have no vacancy. Amen. <laughs> and we, we, re, we had a whole series on that. But we can't allow the devil in. And we have to recognize him when he shows up. And these are some of the ways we recognize them. The opposite of God's love. Oh, man. Boy, that's a whole sermon right there. But I have learned just to be joyful with others. Why? Because God's going to show up for me. God's showing up for me too. I don't need to get envious about their blessing because God's showing up for me. He's a good father. He's always good. He'll always be good. My God is good, good, good. And so when someone else is blessed, I don't need to get envious. I just need to rejoice with them. And now keep me in the line for my blessing. Amen. Amen. So authentic love, right? We're defining love today. Authentic love will not be envious or jealous. Fourth, I think we're going to stop on four today. Fourth, notice that love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. So this is a very interesting thought. And this is so, so, so important, right? Are we doing things actually, Then this is where, again, the devil sneaks in. Mm, because we, we don't realize what we're actually doing and we don't realize why we're actually doing it. Did I say that right? <laughs> are we doing things for his glory? Are we actually doing it for his glory? Or are we doing it for my glory? And it can be very sneaky. I said it can be very Sneaky. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, right? What happens when the balloon gets too much air? What happens when we get too puffed up? Pride comes before a fall. I was waiting for you to say it, Judah. That's our song. Pride comes before a fall. Pride comes before a fall. Yeah, pride comes before a fall. (laughs) We say that in Monopoly. Or any other game, for that matter. Someone gets a little haughty. I got five thousand dollars. What do you got? Two hundred dollars? Two hundred. I got five thousand. And then we start singing. Pride comes before a fall. Pride comes before a fall. And all of a sudden, I hit Boardwalk. I hit Park Place. I hit Boardwalk again. I'm like, Where's my money? And then they're sitting up there, I wasn't prideful like you. (laughs) Come on now. What happens when we get puffed up? We're going to pop. And we're not going to accomplish anything good. No, nothing good if we want the glory. God cannot, I'll say this, I'll say this, absolute. God cannot use us if we want the glory. No, God cannot use, truly use. Now, I'm not saying there aren't people trying to be used, right? But God cannot, cannot, cannot truly use anybody who wants the glory. Mm -mm. No way. No way. No, no. Humble, humble, right? Humble. God needs Christians to be humble before him. Humility is needed, always needed. If we want to be used by God, right? Humility is the only way up in the kingdom. Whoo, that's the only way. That's why I say, you want to go up in the kingdom, you really want to go up in the kingdom, and this this cancels a lot of people out right away. They're gone. You start cleaning toilets right now. No one wants to do that. (laughs) Come on now. Oh, you you want to serve God, do you? Yeah, I'm going to serve God. I am called to be a minister of the gospel. Oh, are you? Okay, all right, good. Well, you know what? We got some toilets need cleaning at the church. We got some vacuums, or carpets that need some vacuuming. I thought you were going to let me preach now. Because I'm called to preach. Barf! You called to preach. Oh, ooh, I've known some. I've known some ministers. I'm like, hmm. And I find out about their past. Right? Never really served. Went to Bible school. Got saved. Went to Bible school. Went into full time ministry. Began preaching. Called on everybody else to serve. But they didn't serve. To them, preaching was the service they did to the, for the body. Hmm. I know several of those who were gone out of the ministry. One of them, I think, was dead at a young age. No. No, God needs people that are humble. God needs people that are willing to clean the toilets, Mm -hmm. vacuum the carpets, wash the windows before they ever would step into the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Otherwise, you're in danger of doing it for your glory. No, 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 no. It's all for his glory. Amen. Amen. We must not think we're all that. Well, I'm that. It can't be done without me. It won't happen without me. Oh, really, won't it? Oh, it will happen without you. Come on now. God's going to get his job done. Amen. Amen. God's going to get the job done. And he's going to find some humble servants to do it. He's going to find some humble people to do it. And and it will get done with or without you, right? It's like we said at 7-Eleven, everybody is replaceable. Because some people thought the whole store ran because of them. (laughs) They, They had no clue what was even happening, right? No, this place does not run because of you. This place runs because we have people that are doing the job and serving in their capacity that they serve in. If you're the coffee maker, make the coffee. Come on now. If you're the, if you're the um, uh, uh, slurpee cleaner, you <laughs> <laughs> it was a mess. That was always a mess. If you're supposed to clean that, you clean that, right? If you're supposed to do that, you do that. Everybody do their part. And just like in church, I like say all the time, we're in Koinonia. When we all do our part, we get something done. But as soon as someone says, I need the glory, we got trouble. We got trouble. If you need the glory, you need to go. (laughs) Come on now. I've had people here, they needed the glory. Bye-bye. That's not how we operate here. You want the glory, you don't belong here. This is not your place. Come on. This church, this body will give all the glory to him. Right? You say, well, you're the pastor. You get glory. I I don't, I don't, I don't receive any glory. I don't take any glory. You write, you write books and you promote your book. That's nothing to do with me. That's not about me. That's about him. That's about what I believe I'm supposed to do for him. That's my service to God. I'm serving God in all these things. I'm serving God right now. But I don't want any glory to be given to me. Hello? No, 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 no. Humble, humble, humble. That's the way to go up in the kingdom. Humble, humble, humble. Don't expect any praise at all. None. Don't expect it. Now, if someone, you know, people tell me that was a, a great message. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It was a great message. Praise, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. It's not, it's not me. I don't want the glory. I, I, I deflect it right back. Who? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Deflect all glory to him. Who? Proud is bad. Bad, 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 bad. To, 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 oh, I I gotta be on show. I gotta be up there and speak. I gotta be up there on stage. I gotta be in the limelight. Go on. Go on. Get out. No, no, no. We're not here on earth for our glory. No, 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 no. And you gotta differentiate the two. You gotta differentiate. A lot of people do a lot of things for God, and then people say, Well, they're they're just taking all the glory. (laughs) No, maybe they're just serving God. They're just serving God. We're not here for our glory. We're here for his glory. And God is the only one worthy of glory. He's the only one worthy. And there's no one else that should get glory. No one. No one else should get glory. Now, you know, I know we, we celebrate, you know, Actions of people, the good things people do, that's fine, right? That's fine. But I, I, I almost, I almost, man, I, a lot of things bug me. <laughs> a lot of things bug me. And, and one of the things that bugs me, you know, you know, I had to tell you something, right? <laughs> Is when I'm when I'm listening to a preacher. And I never hear praise God. I never hear thank you, Jesus. I just hear a nice little message. Come on now. who? that's why, that's why, come on. That's why around here, we, we, we give glory to God all the time. And if every service ends in we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Come on. No, 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 I don't like it at all. When, when, when preachers don't give glory to God you know I, I've noticed them all over the years and I'll be listening and I'm like how come I never hear thank you Jesus how come I never hear praise the Lord how come I just hear a nice little message come on now I want to hear some honor going to God I want to hear some praise going to the Father. I want to hear the glory being given to God. I want to hear the the glory going up to God. Come on. I want to to see everybody, not just the preacher, but everybody deflect the glory to him. Deflect the glory. Deflect it. Deflect it. Oh, Oh, thank you for that. You know, thank you for that. But I give all the glory to God. Thank you for that nice word. But I give all the glory to him. Because I know without him, I am nothing. Amen. I can do nothing. I can't even think straight without him. Mm-hmm. Hello? It's like the minister, I just saw this. Minister that I, I still follow. He's been minister for years and years and years. I love him. And, and he said, he taught at our Bible school. And he said, he went, he went, he told God once, he said, what would it be like if I, if I didn't have you? And if, you know, you did, my, your anointing wasn't upon me, what, what could I do for you without that? Who God answered his prayer. And he said the next day he sat in his office, he couldn't put two words together. He just sat in his office. He said, I just sat there. I couldn't put anything together. I couldn't put two words down on paper. I just sat and I looked at the window and the staff came and they thought they were going to have to call the, hospital, call the, call the medical help. Because all he did was sit there and stare at the window. What's it like without him? That's what it's like. Nothing. Nothing at all. We couldn't put two words together without him. So people who want to take credit for their great works... Right? No, no, no. You, you couldn't do that work without Him. In fact, you wouldn't have another breath in your lungs without Him. You would be dead long ago without Him. <laughs> he created you. He made you. He put the breath in your lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. Hey, we should do that. Can we do that? Right, right. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath. Oh, go to my office. Get it. Spontaneous. Here we go. I like to be a little spontaneous. Come on. He puts the breath in our lungs. So we are to give all the glory to him. There is no one worthy but him. Come on. There is no one worthy of any praise, any honor without him. There is, no, no, no. You're not worthy of anything. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, if Christians if Christians get a hold of that, come on. Mm-hmm. We are not worthy mm-hmm. of honor. We are not worthy of praise. We are not worthy of glory. No, no, no. He is the only one worthy. Amen. He is the only one. He is the creator of all things. Whoo, come on. God is the only creative one that there is. Well, I'm so creative. I'm just amazing. I am so creative. Did you see what I did here? And do you see what I did there? And I see my skills here and you see my skills there. I I love it that you're creative, but you you better give the glory to God. God gave you that creativity. God gave you that gift. Come on. I think of those... um, I think of a uh, uh, musical artist or actors or whatever all the time, you know, Oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> Look at my music, you know, woo, woo. And what do they do? They go up on the stage and get their Oscar and their Grammy and their Emmy. And woo. I love the ones that say, and all the glory goes to God. Because yes, without him, I'm nothing. That's Okay. Because you should use your skill in this earth for his glory. Right? If you're in music, you don't make ugly stuff. If you're in movies, you don't make ugly stuff. You do it for his glory. Right? There's some great Christian movies. That are wonderful. Amazing. Right? And they blessed me to watch them. Well, those actors, assuming, you know, they're Christian. Some of them are, I'm sure. Some of them may not be, whatever, you know. But they, 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 they better turn back and give the glory to God because the only reason that was a good movie because of him, Amen. right? Don't take that glory. Don't, don't, don't take any glory. They shouldn't take any glory. You shouldn't take any glory. I shouldn't take any glory. We should never take the glory that belongs to God. He is the only one worthy of the glory. He is the only amazing one. He is actually the only smart one there is. People say, oh, I'm so smart. Well, what you know, what the smartest man on this earth knows, or woman, whoever is the smartest person, I have no clue. (laughs) IQ-wise, right? IQ-wise. They know .0000000000001 of what God knows. Well, I am a smart person. No, no, not really, not really. God could lay you out in one second. And tell you all the dumb things you believe, and tell you all the false things you believe, and tell you all the things you don't know, as he did to Job. We talked about Job a few weeks ago. Remember Job? Job was talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, and he's you know he went through went through hell. We know that right? He went through all kinds of horrible, horrible, horrible things that people have bad theology out of Job. Right? They make a lot of bad theology. But what did God do? He showed up on the scene and he said, Job, you better shut your mouth now. Because were you there when I set the foundations of the world? Were you there when I created the world? Were you there when I measured the foundations of earth? And Job realized all of a sudden, yeah, I'll shut my mouth right now. Ooh, come on now. He didn't understand at that point in time, all the glory <laughs> goes to him. And if he, had, if he had changed his attitude immediately, come on, immediately, as soon as something happened, as soon as, as, soon as the tornado moved in, as soon as something happened, whatever, he's, woo, he should have lifted some praise to God. He should have honored the Father. He should have glorified God instead of started flapping his mouth. Come on. Without God, we have nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. We have no breath, no life, no future, no hope, nothing. Nothing. We have absolutely nothing. Isn't that amazing to think about? Without Him, we actually have nothing, forever. Except darkness, except the lake of fire, except torment, forever. Without Him, there is nothing at all. And that's why all the praise, come on, authentic love, is not puffed up, it's not arrogant, it's gonna turn and give all the glory to Him. It's gonna turn and say, woo, all the glory to God. All the glory to God, all the glory to God. It will never, come on, never take the glory that belongs to God, never. You reject that glory, you reject that praise. As soon as it comes in, just turn it right back and praise the Lord. Woo! Wow, you guys are good. (laughs) Woo! Can we do the the bridge? Is that the bridge? Joe at the course of course let's do it it's simple they'll get it it's we've seen this many times before so you, it's, 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 it's we don't have the words cuz it's spontaneous go ahead come on. let's give some glory to God in this place come on so we pour out our praise we pour God God. That day is coming, saints. That day is coming when forever and ever we will be with the saints of God. We will be with the people of God. There will be no more evil around us. There will be no more sin around us. There will be no devil to tempt us. There will be no more evil. And forever we get a Deflect the praise, deflect the honor, deflect the glory back to our great God. And all the earth, all the earth, Jesus is going to rule and reign on earth. And all the earth will be shouting praises to him, giving him the glory that's do his name. Forever and ever, Father, we will honor you. We will glorify you. We will not take the glory. We will not take the glory. We will not take the glory that belongs to you. For we know without you, we are nothing. And we have nothing. And we are absolutely, we have nothing forever without you. So Father, we thank you this morning. the king and the glory must rise to your great God this is the season this is the time you must give the glory to him and throughout your day may the glory arise from your lips to his ears he is looking to hear he is looking to hear your voice he is looking to hear our voices Give him the glory that is due his name. So honor him and glorify him as is supposed to be done by his people and by his saints and by his children. Give him the glory in this time and you will see, you will see the miracles. You will see the deliverance. You will see the power of God show up as you deflect the glory to God. Hallelujah. We will do it, Father. We will do it. We will be the deflectors of glory. We will not take it, for it does actually belong to you. And we're not gonna take anything that belongs to God. We give it all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. There is such power in the praise of his people, in the thanks of his people, in giving honor and glory to the one who deserves it. I believe the the church of today has largely lost that. of what the church does today the universal church is not giving glory to God but God is calling this body, God is calling his children to give him the glory God is calling us to do it saints God is calling us to do it in this day in this hour, in this season if we want to accomplish his will we will have to deflect the glory because he cannot use us if we won't humble ourselves before him and if we get puffed up we're useless to him thank you father thank you father we receive it today we receive it father we receive it we are receivers we are receivers and we will be doers of your word amen hallelujah Well, we're having a time today, aren't we? You never know what's gonna happen right here. Whoo! We only got halfway through this message, but... I guess we can tackle that next week. (laughs) And then I got another one burning. And I got a new series that I think is burning. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Get your seatbelts on. I got to ask you, if you're here today, you're online, and you don't know Jesus. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's happening. You're like, what's happening there? What's happening here is people who love Jesus. People who know God, people who love him with all of their heart and their lives have been changed. That's what's happening here right now. That's what's happening. And if you want in on that, you want to be in the family of God, the family of God, there's only two families. There's the family of Satan and the family of God. And if you're still in Adam, you're in sin and you belong to Satan. As Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. He told told the Pharisees, you're the father of the devil. They said, what? We know the word of God like no one else. He said, "You are of your father the devil." Come. come on. We got to know Jesus. We got to know the Lagos. That's the Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. This is the Logos. This is Jesus on the pages. This is Spirit. He said, my words are Spirit and they are life. These are not just black ink on a white page. This is the Spirit of the living God wrote this book so we could have His Word. We could have the Word of God. We could have the Logos on our lap. And we get to learn the Logos. We get to learn about God who's been forever. From this right here. And Jesus is, Jesus is the Logos. He is the Word made flesh. Many people know about Christmas. Many people know he came. Many people even know about he rose from the dead. But you got to receive what he did. You got to receive what he did. You got to receive the blood that was shed for you. I was talking to the youth on Wednesday. And I said, what are you going to say when you stand before Jesus? If Jesus stands at the gate and he says, why do I need to let you in here? I had a few answers right away, and they were good. But I said, you know what? The first thing I think I'm going to say, if he says, why do I need to let you in, Ver?' I said, Jesus, your blood was shed for me for the forgiveness of my sin. And because of your blood, the only way I can come in is because of your blood. And while I was on earth, I received the blood for the forgiveness of my sin. I received what you did for me by your shed blood and that paid the price and I know it's sitting on the mercy seat right now in heaven, in there where I'm pointing into heaven. It's sitting on the mercy seat right now and I received the blood. I received what the blood did for me on earth. I received the forgiveness of sin through your blood. So legally, I'm not guilty. And he'll say, that's a good answer. That's a really good answer, Bert. Because legally, I have to let you in here. And you're right. You made the right choice. You made the right words right there. Because legally, and of course, he knows our heart too, right? But legally, you did receive what I did for you. And legally, the door is wide open for you. And the next one comes, same thing, right? The next saint of God comes. Same thing. Legally, why you, why, you, why you belong in heaven? Legally. Not a feeling. Not an action you did on earth. Not that we're not supposed to do good works, but not an action you did. Legally, why do you get in? The blood. The blood. Oh, the precious blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Oh, the blood, the blood, the blood was shed for me. I received it so I ask you today if you have not received what Jesus did for you you have not received the the price the payment Jesus paid the payment for sin, but you have to receive the payment. You have to get that debt paid off. You have to allow the debt to be paid off. You can't work it off for yourself. Because if you work it off for yourself, you'll never pay it. You can't pay the debt. But Jesus paid the debt. So if you receive what he did for you, you can come into the family of God. And you can be saved. And you can have eternal life with God forever. Romans 10:9 says, You confess Jesus is Lord, you believe He is alive, He is risen from the dead, you will be saved. So, right now, if that's you, and you say, I want out of the kingdom of darkness, I want in the kingdom of God, pray this prayer after me right now. Say, Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all works of darkness, I repent of everything I've done wrong. I want nothing to do with the kingdom of darkness. I receive what Jesus did for me. I receive the forgiveness of sin. I receive the payment of the blood of Jesus to wash me white as snow. Hallelujah. I confess Jesus is Lord. He is my Savior. He is my Master forever. I am yours, God. Teach me your ways, Heavenly Father. Show me your ways. I will walk in them. And I will do them. And I will give you all the glory forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that was you today, I'll run through this real fast. You want to be serious. You want to be serious in your work for the Lord, in your, in your business for the Lord, in your service. That's probably the best word to say, in your service for the Lord. First of all, go out and tell someone about Jesus right now when you leave here be bold. Amen. Secondly, devour this word because this is spirit food. You need spirit food to grow up spiritually. Thirdly, get involved in an on fire church. The body needs you and you need the body. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues. Every Christian can pray in tongues if they want to receive the gift. Don't let the devil steal that gift from you. It's one of the greatest gifts you'll ever... Well, if there's two greatest gifts you'll ever receive on earth. Salvation through Jesus is the best gift you can ever receive. And then baptism in the Holy Spirit is right behind that. If you want to know more about that, I have a video on YouTube on our channel, Receive the Holy Spirit. Also, read the book of Acts. <laughs> Amen. Fifthly, start serving in the body of Christ. Be a servant. Don't just be a talker, be a doer because you got to be humble like we talked about today. Sixthly, worship and pray throughout your day. Talk to God, praise him, worship him, give him glory, praise him, thank him, talk to him, praise him, praise him, praise him and pray and praise him and give him glory again, amen? And that'll develop your relationship with the Father. And seventh, remember, you belong to God. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. So whatever he says goes. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together today. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Father, for your word that you've given us. Thank you, Father, we can walk in it. We can do it. We can accomplish it. And we can hear well done. As we serve you, as we fulfill your will on this earth. Not seeking any glory for us, but seeking to do your will just as Jesus did. I just want to give glory to God. We just want to give glory to you, Father, in our actions on this earth. In our service to you. Thank you, Father. As we go from here, the angels of God are encamped around about us. They bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our foot against a stone. No evil shall befall us. No plague shall come nigh our dwelling. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. With long life, you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. The greater one is in us. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Nothing shall by any means hurt us as you said, Jesus. We thank you for it, Father, and we do turn back as we always do and give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise belongs to our great God forever and ever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen.
0: Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-I-C-B-I-B-L-E.org. We hope you join us again next week.